Today is a little bit different week. We've been in our Beatitude series, uh, but today is Impact Sunday, uh, which is our youth ministry, our student ministry here at Northwood Church. And uh, I'm here with Micah Butterfield. He's our Long Beach uh, uh, pastor, and he's also, he oversees our, our student ministry here at Northwood Church. Um, and so basically what we're going to do today is have a, a big conversation about our youth ministry and uh, where we've been, where we are, and really where we're headed. And we were going to kind of do this last month, uh, uh, the beginning of last month, and then um, uh, Delta went ahead and took care of that. We decided, what you know, the week before school started, it probably, probably wasn't the smartest thing to bring literally every kid in our entire church and all of our parents together uh, from all over the South Mississippi area. I don't know. It's just something about it felt like maybe we should just hit pause for a couple yes. of weeks, all right? Yes. And... Um, Maybe you guys didn't think that. Nobody's really <clears throat> laughing that much. We're like, just do it. Anyway, so, um, but what we decided to do is actually take what we were going to do that night and put it on a Sunday morning because we know there's a lot of you uh, who maybe don't have students in our ministry, but this is a generational church, and whatever's going on in one department or one part of our church affects the entire church, and as a generational church, we wanted to talk about our youth ministry and what that is. And so, so anyway, Micah, what, what are we going to be doing today, man? Yes, yeah, so, so like this is a conversation that, that we've been having behind the scenes for, for literally years. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's, it's not just a, oh, let's talk about student ministry one time a year and like plan out a calendar. This is literally a topic of conversation, really not just between us, but really between our pastoral staff, a lot of uh, student leaders. We've got all locations actually here with us right now. So like what we're doing is taking a conversation that's been having behind closed doors and bringing it out to everyone. You know, it's not like just overnight we've become a generational church. It's not like, oh. It's 2021 or, or starting to think about 2022 and man, let's start thinking about student ministry. Like this is who we are. This is who we've been for a long time. I was thinking about uh, me and you actually this morning um, and I was thinking how long we've been in some sort of student ministry leadership together. Uh, this is kind of terrifying what I'm going to say. Just over 40 years of student ministry leadership. Yeah, we, um, you're we old. haven't really grown up that much. You're old. <laughs> so you're like, I didn't even know you guys were that old. You're like yeah. 20, aren't you? No. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, 11 years old whenever uh began to, uh, which was not, uh, it wasn't like 12 years ago, okay? I know some of you are like, that wasn't that long ago. No, it was uh, 26 years ago now. 26 years ago, and, uh, and then I think you were 15, yeah. 14, 15, whenever y'all started coming. Yeah. And uh, so we've been in this for a while. We've kind of just been this, and, and what's amazing is a lot of people in this room, a lot of people online, a lot of people watching in other locations have been directly impacted by the student ministry of Northwood Church. Um, and, and like I said, this is who we've been for a long time. Our, our names might have changed. You know, we've gone through name changes, um, but there's been a couple things that that we've always held on to, like kind of held on to tightly that, that student ministry, we never wanted student ministry or, or desire for student ministry to be this competitive thing with like, like adult church and youth church. Like that's never what we've desired. And I think we've done a pretty good job at doing that, but also realizing that um, student ministry and like kind of we're talking like in that 12 to 18 year old range right now, it is a unique group of people. It is a transitional season just from life. It's not, it's not elementary school. It's like kind of getting out of that middle. It's middle school and high school. It's, we've, we've kind of always pictured it like a six-year like baton pass, a transition from childhood to adulthood. And it is a, 
it's a big deal not just in society, but in our church. And we think all of us should realize the, the bigness of what this is, not just for the success of that age group of six, that six-year-old, six-year span age group, but literally how generations go determines how the future church goes. So this is why it's important to us. And it's not like if we do really good with this generation, then it's smooth sailings. Uh, every generation <laughs> is a relay race. And what's funny is each generation is a little bit different. In Deuteronomy, you'll see it on the screens with us, it says this. It says, only take care and keep your soul diligently. It says, lest you forget things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And then here's instruction. And it says, make the things that, that you hold dear to your heart, make them known to your children and your children's children. <laughs> And then it's just kind of like, and their children's children. It's, it's this generational mindset. Our church has a value of generations. And when you look across the room that you're in right now, uh, you realize that there is young and there is not so young and everything in between. That's what a generational church is. But as we're kind of studying and looking at each generation, think about how you grew up, or maybe your generation, and all we're talking about is kind of that age group of people. Each generation has strengths, and each generation has weaknesses. Some studies are beginning to suggest that each generation kind of has like personality types. <laughs> like if you've done, um, you know, Myers-Briggs personality types or things like that, you kind of learn about who you are, about the way you're wired and the way that you operate, but they're actually saying and, and suggesting that students or, or generational spans have personality types as well. And I think a frustration that sometimes comes with that, think about some of those that you're closest to just in life. The differing of your personality type often causes conflict and frustration, sometimes fatigue. Sometimes you can insert any other word there. But I don't want to be a church. We don't want to be a church like that. We don't want to be a church that's fearful of the next generation. We want to be a church that loves the next generation and some of the uniqueness of that next generation. Some people are labeling this generation and, and like this is for students in this room and online. This is for parents of students and it's for everyone else as well. The negative side or what I would say is the fearful side of this generation is it's being marked as a very rebellious generation. And I think as a church we can't subscribe to that and begin to throw that label. I think it's a very fearful approach to student ministry and the way that we're going to engage and interact with this next generation because here's the reality of this generation's personality type. They're saying this generation is one of the most resilient generations that's come through the United States. It's one of the most compassionate generations. And we have been talking and really our pastoral staff, we think that it's just like God to raise up a generation that's remarkably resilient, but deeply compassionate because we live in a very broken and divided and frustrated world. And I think we need a group of people that are willing to have some grit to them, to grow some deep roots and be compassionate about the world that they see. So instead of labeling rebellious, let's notice and acknowledge the resilience in them. But what we're attempting to do is steer that, is direct that 
is kind of show where that can go. This generation is unique in the ways that it will be the first group of people that go through our society that's been 100% social media, the digital world. A lot of us are just like, I went out of social media. I went, off. I went off. I don't want to be part of it. That's not even a thought in this upcoming. It's actually part of life. Just some of the uniquenesses that this generation possesses. Another thing about it is this generation gravitates towards a different type of leadership than what maybe previous generations have. In the past, generations have gravitated towards or desired to be this like singular leader, this kind of hierarchy, like top-down leadership. Um, this generation deeply desires to have empowering leadership. This is just a case study of the group of people that are coming up that we have the opportunity to minister to right now. But also, and this is a fun one, we were having a conversation the other day about this thought, but this generation, like, has a deep, deep desire to strongly know the reasoning behind instruction given. And let's be honest, if that's different than the generation that we are, that comes out, we respond to that frustrated, uh, fatigued. You said something the other day, it was three responses. It was like fear, flight what was that like oh yeah i was talking about something else but no it's, it's the, the same it's the same thing it's like um well you said the word rebellious earlier and <clears throat> we're so so we're, we're 36 years old and so we're like the oldest millennials yeah. or you know or the youngest wait no oldest millennials right yes oldest millennials and uh so what happens is uh you know we were raised by boomers uh obviously you know and then then we're millennials and then we're also uh, very connected to Gen Z. And it's really amazing at this, at this age to see, to totally understand the older generation, Gen X and, and, and boomers, but completely also understand the mindset of the younger generation. And also see where the, the, the lines are getting crossed. And uh, so yeah, yeah, the whole like question, we've literally been taught to question everything. We live in a postmodern society. We live in a post-Christian society. A lot of people don't think that. We're in the South. A lot of people are like, oh, we're, we're a Christian nation. Like, no, no, we're not. Um, we're we're post-Christian. The, 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 the prevailing mindset is not a biblical mindset. Not that it really ever completely was for a lot of people, okay? But we've got to come out of the woods out of this thinking, and we've got to realize what's going on and not just say, don't question everything. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like whenever you tell somebody to calm down. They're getting worked up, and you're like, just calm down. It does not work. No, no. It just never works. Try that with your spouse next time. Calm down. You know, it's, you just dumped gasoline on the fire. It did not help. You, just, you should just be quiet. Um, no, you should ask good questions. You should, ask, you, should, you should try to figure, if you love them, you try to figure out why they're thinking that way. And so, so, so older people, we shouldn't look at the younger generation, you know, in their, in their teens and be like, what's wrong with them? No, there's something very right about them. It's just we've got to guide that. Yeah. We've got to get up in that with them, and we've got to help them. They're asking questions. We're going to get into some of those later, but there's questions that are being asked. You know, just the, the, we, just, we go to church on Sunday. We do this. We do that. That's not the way that, that a lot of people think anymore, yeah. not just teenagers. Like, this is America, yeah. you know? And so, so some of the ways that we grew up, if you grew up in church, that it's different now. 
it's just different. And that's actually, it's okay. Uh, this has happened like thousands of times already, okay? <laughs> like there have been many generations. But, but yeah, I think the whole like labeling them as, as rebellious and, and, uh, and all that, it's just seeing it wrong. I agree. And uh, something that's been like deep in your heart and really deep on the pastoral team's heart is we want to be a church that leads in love, not in fear. And I think this is a great opportunity for us as a church to lead in love. Uh, simply put, for this generation, instructions alone don't cut it. And that means that we've got to do better at giving the reason behind the instruction, the reason for our faith, which I believe would be a solid biblical argument and instruction for what we are supposed to do. So what we wanted to do is truly just give you three realities that we see in student ministry. Three realities, and this is direction of our student ministry. Um, for families, this is kind of one of those that we're asking you to pay attention to for older generations to pray over, and we'll kind of tie all this thing together as we go through. But three realities in student ministry is this. Students need mission. Students need to know what they're living for. So many times we've heard questions or thoughts about why do I exist? What's the purpose of life? The true question that's being asked is what's the mission that I'm supposed to be living for? Like, why am I here on this earth? I've heard it said that this generation is looking for something to die for, not just something to do. Mission. Mission. Students need this. Now, as a church, you've heard this. Uh, the mission of our church is that we would create environments that help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit, not just for a season, not just for a generation, but until Jesus returns. That is the same mission that our student ministry has. It is not something else. It's not, it's not something to spice life up. We believe that the greatest mission that we can put our students on is the very same mission that we've put our entire church on, and it's to help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. This is really what our mission has always been, though. It really has. Yeah, it's, it's just the great commission. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's funny sometimes where, like, people start talking about church and, like, methodology and stuff like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, every church is doing the same exact thing. If we're not, then we're not the church. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the great commission, Jesus is like, hey, I'm leaving. This is what I want you to do. Now, how you do it might, might look different ways stylistically and whatnot, but at the end of the day, that is the heart of what we're, what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, and again, how he said it, it's going to look a little bit different in student ministry than it is in, on a Sunday morning here. Now, it's not a whole lot different. It's really not. We play the music, you know, a little bit louder. Uh, it, it's a little bit wilder. And for students in here, they're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, eventually, your ears start to get a little bit more sensitive to loud music. <laughs> we had an impact night uh, a few a few months ago, and one of our leaders from Ocean Springs, Landon, they call him the Impact Cowboy, uh, he came in with confetti cannons. And the problem was he didn't tell a whole lot of people. So all we saw was, or we heard this Boom! And then we saw confetti falling from the skies. This was in Long Beach. Four months later during worship, confetti was stuck on the projector. And during worship, <laughs> I thought it was angel dust, but it was no, it's just <laughs> confetti from the Impact Cowboy. <laughs> Student ministry is going to look a little bit different, but it's on the same mission. 
And this is the mission of our church. The second reality to student ministry is that students need students. They need friends. They need one another. In the past, church was the gathering spot. And this is a uniqueness that we've really tried to walk through and navigate. We've, we've walked through some frustrations in it. Honestly, we're like, why don't people just like, this is, when we were growing up, this is all we did. This was the hangout, was church. Yeah, we have a little bit different story. Um, so we, used to, <laughs> we, we were in the church school together. So we used to have a school here at the church, in case you don't know. Uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> we don't have that school here anymore. Uh, school's tough. School's hard. Tough. But we were all in school together. Uh, we were in youth together. We were in church together. We, were, we would hang out every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, we were always together. And, uh, and, and that's just kind of how it was back then. And, um, and so we had these relationships that were just forged. Yeah. And, I mean, you talk about walking through drama together. Like, you had to see each other seven days a week. So, like, you better, walk, you better work it out. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a miserable time. And, uh, but what, what we did learn in that, in that time is that uh, who, you, who you hang around and who you're with and what environments you're in, it shapes the way that you think. It, sh- it shapes the way that you live, ultimately. It uh, creates patterns for your behavior. And, uh, and, and so, th- yeah, it is, it is different nowadays. I mean, we've got a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds who go to a lot of different schools who are all over the place. And so, uh, so the, the centralized community of what youth group used to be, it's just, it's, it's different. And so what I see is a struggle for parents of who you're going to have to, who you're going to, your kids are going to fight for a certain crew. They're going to fight. They're going to want to be around a certain crew, and typically it's who you're in school with. The difficulty is that sometimes those relationships are not the ones that they should be actually building life with to the, in the formative, in, in ways that form their character and their convictions. And that's a, that's a difficulty. It's a nuance. You know, like just because your, your kid is in class with somebody doesn't mean that they should go hang out on the weekends with them. And that's tough because you then have to say no. And they say, why? And you're like, this is just a no. And, and eventually, you got to let the kite string out, right? You, you got to let them, they, but not when they're like 12. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there has to be a balance here. And so, so I, I know I'm kind of getting into another, another lane there, but, but it really is. It's, it's like, okay, it's Sunday night, and, it, and it's, it's time for impact. And um, there's like that thing going on that they can go be a part of. And there's a decision there of like, okay, I know that my student needs students. My, my student needs community. Come on, y'all. Like, we're, we need friends. It's going to happen. But as parents, we navigate those waters with them. And so who they're around matters a lot. And so, uh, so I don't know. I'm just kind of just no, uh, shooting from the hip na- on that well, I mean, one, The scriptures say the bad company corrupts good character, but that would also lend to the thought that the company you keep determines the person that you are. Kerry Newhoff, a pastor from Canada, said, uh, did polls, and he saw in studies that one of the major reasons that young people are leaving the church is because they aren't finding community. We recognize that we need to create moments where community is present, but it's got to be a different type of community than what they find everywhere else. So as a church, we recognize that, and we say, let's create moments where community can take place, not just in small groups, not just in services, all those things, although those things are valuable, but there are many moments in youth ministry that were defining moments for us that didn't take place in small groups, didn't take place in services. They were in those 
other things that a lot of you remember. So this next year, we're going to have a few different things that will be available for students to connect with other students in a faith-filled community. And this is some of those things. We're going to give you all of this at Vision 22, but this is kind of just a heads up for students to look forward to, but also for parents to say, preparing for. One of those things is we're going to go to some concerts together. We're looking at like Winter Jam and Mobile. Just one of those times where young people get to go on a bus and go to a concert and hang out at a Christian concert. It's going to, yeah. We're also this next year going to have things called hangouts. Hangouts, you're like, what is that? It's where people hang out. (laughs) Shocking. I know. But we're going to have moments where junior highs, like, hey, All locations, junior high, meet at this bowling alley for a hangout that night. All locations, high schoolers, meet on the beach tonight for a bonfire tonight. We'll do two of those a year for different age groups where young people can be around other young people that love Jesus and are growing. So hangouts are some of those things. This summer, uh, we're in the final steps of booking our camp that we'll be attending uh, at the end of June. It'll be an off-site camp, a summer camp, where students will spend an entire week uh, having a blast. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Having a blast, but also uh, forming relationships, starting dating people and stop dating people and start. (laughs) It's all part of the experience. You need it. Like, you need heartbreak. You know what I'm saying? You need, we were just talking about that a couple days ago, like, like, you know, young people, they need, they need to break up. Yeah. They need to feel that, you know, where you, you can't, like you put the picture up, you know, like in your bed and you're like, you know, crying. Like they need yeah. that. It's good. So we're going to break your students this summer. We call it making memories. Yes, memories. It's those memories that you don't tell your parents about until like, you know, 20 years later, whenever you feel like it's safe. Like speeding down Mays Road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Summer moments are important. You know, this summer we did uh, intensive, and it was a lot of effort. It was a lot of work, but we realized and remembered in those moments that, well, on the first day, 21 students made a decision to follow Jesus when we created a moment where young people can be around each other. We're also, at the end of July, going to have an opportunity where we'll take a crew of students to the Motion Conference in Birmingham, Alabama. So, yeah, you're like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. We need moments like this. And then we're, we're in the process of planning a fall or a winter retreat. That'll probably be a Saturday and a Sunday morning. Uh, adults, you've heard things like freedom retreat. Uh, we're planning on doing something very similar, but for our students at an off-site location. We believe all these things are important, as well as small groups. <laughs> impact nights, by the way, impact night is tonight, taking place in Gulfport. Uh, at 5.30, the service starts. This is going to be one of those moments, and small groups really matter as well. Let me remind you, I think we've got some of the best small groups leaders at all of our locations. Their heart's pure, they love students, they love God, and they're interested in helping your students know God, grow in Christ, and then go into their communities and make a difference. So all of these things are so that students can be around students, because that's a reality of the world that we live in. The third and the final thing is this. Students need us. Students need You can personalize it now. They need parents. Students need leaders. Students need the older generation. The older generation has a very unique voice. There's some things that an older person can speak into a younger person's life that just, it carries more weight. 
I can't really explain it. Just it matters more. We realize that. But because of the complexity of the world that we live in, it's very difficult to lead this generation because it's different. And different sometimes causes us not to know exactly what to do. We acknowledge that. We realize that as a church. We've been prayerfully considering, actually, some of the things in this point that we're going to share with you are things that Pastor Stephen has been talking about like four or five years. This isn't a new conversation. It's not in response to something going on. It's something that we deeply see. I think, you know, talking about uh, what, what kids needs, uh, need, it, it makes me think about um, something that happened just the other night. So my daughter, she's in fourth grade, and uh, she's, she's basically the math that she is learning is not the math that I learned. And so I just want to admit that I don't know how to do fourth grade math anymore. So just put that out there. Just let everybody know that. Um, so we sit down, and she doesn't know how to do it. And I look at it, and I'm like, well, babe, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it either, you know? So we end up on YouTube, and I'm, like, typing in, like, trying to find keywords for what we can look at so, so I can learn how to teach her how to learn. Like, it's crazy, right? And, uh, and so as I was doing this, um, you know, an hour later, it's like I just got the concept, and now I'm trying to give it to her, and she's like, ah, eh. And I was thinking, you know, about this, and I'm like, this is actually exactly the moment that, every, that we're all dealing with. It might not be math, but it's life. Yeah. And... You know, what happens is as parents, we can offload that responsibility to teachers and to pastors and to a church or whatever the case is. We're so institutionalized in our thinking that we offload the responsibility to actually form our kids onto someone else. And you know what? I was tempted in that moment to say, well, why didn't the teacher teach my kid this? And I was like, well, you know what? Teacher probably has. She just didn't get it. And that's Okay. Now, guess the second, second string's coming in, you know, when it comes to fourth grade math, because it's confusing. But in life, like, the, I'm not second string. I'm first string. <laughs> I'm, her, I'm her dad, you know? And, and I think we, we can't offload the responsibility to raise our kids to our schools or to our churches or anybody else. It's like, it's us. It's us. And also, uh, uh, grandparents, you don't get off so easy on this either. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're still, you're a grandparent, like, you have all the answers, you know? <laughs> I'm just joking. And you don't. But, but you can offer wisdom. You can offer help, you know? And it takes team effort to help raise our kids today. And so, you know what, parents? Um, uh, uh, you know, getting away from math and, and more talking about what's going on in our world, um, you might have to get on YouTube and, and relearn some things uh, ideologically. You might have to learn what these kids are listening to and, and, and why are they thinking the way that they're thinking. It's not as easy and simple as it used to be because they're exposed to thoughts that are a lot more complex than what you were exposed to back in the day. And so it's a different world. And so we've gotta, we've got to, we can't offload that responsibility in others. And we don't look at it like this, like, oh, man, God. <laughs> no. We like take a deep breath and we, we, you know what I'm saying? And we take that responsibility. We're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do what God's called me to do and raise my kids in, in the nurture and admonition of the father. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to raise them with a biblical worldview. We're going to have long conversations. I'm going to have to go read books. Like, yeah, I got to learn because I got to keep up, you know? So just a thought. What you're saying, you resourced yourself via YouTube and we recognize that this culture deeply needs us to be able to resource ourselves as well to combat the enemy's attack 
on our young people's lives. We always talk about the plan that God has for our lives. The enemy has a plan as well for your young people's life, and it's to steal, kill, and destroy. So our responsibility is to how can we lead our young people to the abundant life? How can we combat the enemy? And that comes through resourcing, and we recognize that as a church. So we are stepping in and going to help do this together. You know, there's some stats out there, and you might see it on the screen here, but it's, there's this group of people that are called the nuns, and it's people that have no faith, that have abandoned their faith, and they've interviewed or, or looked at this group and asked them when did they decide, or when was that moment when they became a, a non-faith person, and 62% of nuns say that that took place before the age of 18. Very, very formidable years where we are being indoctrinated either knowingly or unknowingly. And we want to do our part to line up with the word of God and we believe that at Northwood Church and students attached to Northwood Church that we won't see 62% identify as no faith. That your homes will have young people that love Jesus, that know God, that have grown deep roots into the things of God. Whether the storms come and when they go, that their roots will be planted deep in the things of God. Deuteronomy says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. It says you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them, you'll talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. It's saying all the time, it's saying you should bind them on your head. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. They're saying as you go through life, we are to be teaching the next generation. It's as you go, it's you just use the word biblical worldview. This is why we are doing what we are doing. This is why we've had series the way that we have series. This is why we're walking through the word of God, that we're walking through the word of God and how we're doing it. But as a church, we want to resource you particularly in this season. So we're going to give you some information on what this looks like for you. Um, we have got a new thing. It's a, it's a Northwood student parent Facebook group. And we are inviting all of you who are parents of students in the 6th to 12th grade, and some of you that are like, they're about to be in 6th grade, you go on a sneak in, you'll see the URL on the screens with, uh, behind me right now. And when you go to that group, there's some things that are going to be taking place in this group. There is going to be a, an audio version of the Impact Night message that was shared. So like tonight, the, the, the audio from tonight will be shared for parents so you can hear what your young people are hearing. So it can kind of be in your minds as well. It can kind of, you can kind of be hearing and part of the conversation as well. We'll also be providing resources throughout the month in this small, in, in this Facebook group. Now these resources are going to be connected to the message that was shared. The messages that are shared, and this is really important for everyone online, all campuses, the messages that are shared over the next eight months have already been determined by your students' questions that they asked. About six months ago, we anonymously asked students, I think we got 75 replies of what are the actual questions that they have right now. We didn't make them put their names on it because oftentimes we're more honest when we don't have to put our name attached to it. 
And what's amazing is out of 75 responses, we really only got seven or eight questions. So we said, if these are the questions that this generation's asking, we're going to answer them biblically for them, but then we're going to resource parents biblically as well so that we can bridge the gap and we can start answering the questions that young people have. One article said that one of the top three reasons that young people are leaving the church is because they have legitimate doubt and it's not prohibited in the church. It's not allowed. You can't doubt. You don't have faith if you doubt. We don't believe that to be true. We believe as a church we need to navigate doubt well. So here's the questions that students asked and we'll be answering over the next eight months. Do all religions lead to the same place? Is this all the same thing? Do all religions lead to the same place? A lot of sexuality questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to say what the Bible says about this stuff. Not what culture says. What does the Bible actually say about these questions? A question that a lot of young people asked was, why does God allow suffering? Some of you are like, can I get in student ministry? <laughs> why would God create the devil and man knowing what would happen? What's the real purpose of life? How do I share my faith with someone who disagrees? Oh, yeah, your students have depth, by the way. Is depression and anxiety a sin? These are the questions that your students asked, and we decided to be a type of church that asks the questions that your students are asking. So you're going to get copies of the audio, and in that Facebook group, we will provide resources attached to those things. One thing with resources is we are, we are endorsing this one resource. It might come from a person that says other things that we completely disagree with. But it's important sometimes to hear a message, to be able to eat the meat and spit out the bones when it comes to resources. We're going to do our best to do that. You'll get the audio version. And then also just to get this group populated, we're going to be running a Facebook uh, contest inside this group. We're going to give away some ESV study Bibles if for the people that join. It's not for everybody, but there will be some contests in there. The reason we're giving those away is because we believe the greatest tool that you can resource and lead your family with is the Word of God. The ESV study Bible is something that we use a lot of. We use a lot of. So it's kind of like we're all sharing the same playbook, the Bible. So this is how we are coming alongside you. You coming alongside us, some of you are like, I don't have kids in student ministry, but I believe in student ministry. Later this year, you'll have an opportunity to invest in student ministry through prayer, through even through resources. Uh, we want to allow as many young people as possible to go to these camps and summer experiences and those types of things as possible. So those types of things will be coming uh, up as well. But at the end of the day, Psalm 145 really speaks this for us. And it says this, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We don't want to be a church that does it for one generation. We want to be a church that hands the baton the way that it's faithfully been handed off in the past. We know that we won't always be 36. And one day we'd love if some of your kids were sitting up here having the same conversation to a different culture to a different group of people saying, we love people, we wanna help them grow in Christ, and we wanna send them out to make a difference in the world and what the world looks like today. That's great.
You know, you said a word earlier that I wanted to bring back up too, is that, um, that you know, we want to partner with uh, parents. And that's really the heart of all of this is to partner with, with you and, and, and for your, your leaders to be able to partner with you in helping your kid uh, grow, you know, to, to help. Even, you know, we're looking at the five through 12 year olds. Like, you know, we're looking at the whole entire thing. How does this thing play out? And um, we could literally talk about this for a very long time like very long time and and we are going to have some opportunities in that facebook group uh i believe maybe once a month or so we're you know we're going to have we're going to go live on facebook we're going to talk about some of these things have different people in because this is a big deal we we are at a crossroads in our in our in our world um you know and that's not like some alarmist thing guys listen stuff has changed in the last couple of years it's been changing for a long time but like things really have shifted in the last couple of, of years and uh, it, it's a battle you know we're in a spiritual war and so the things that we're talking about are not just uh, like they're fun things I, I'm excited about the things that we just talked about but it's also strategy we're in a battle so how are we strategically lining ourselves up for the future and I mean I've got a three-year-old and a nine-year-old you know, Micah's got three three kids in, in Impact right now. And, uh, you know, we're looking at our young people like, man, you know, it, it might have been easier, it feels like almost for us in certain ways because we're in a battle and, and, and the battle is raging. And, it, and like he said earlier, it's the enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Not just you or me, us, everything. And so this is some of the strategy that we're going to take and so i hope that today this kind of maybe just gave you a glimpse into what's going on whether again you've got you know some young people in the youth ministry or not we are one church okay like like the uh the vision for youth ministry is not different than the vision for northwood church we are one church we are generational and so like whether or not i've got young people in impact or not i care about impact y'all with me i understand what i'm saying yeah. 